And I appreciate your uh, music tonight and your songs, and they tied in nicely with some of the thoughts I was having. Um, I work at Union Gospel Mission, and I understand this church uh, supports Union Gospel Mission. It's an outreach uh, in Winnipeg to the inner city, to the homeless, to the drug addicts, uh, prostitutes, the darkness in Winnipeg. That's who we reach out to and try to share the gospel to. And uh, I'm there every day. We have two services a day. We serve 126 people in the morning and about 80 people at night. Uh, feed people. <clears throat> now, in order to, to get a meal at Union Gospel Mission, you've got to go to church. How many think that's cruel? Don't put up your hand. That's the <clears throat> The purpose of that is our concern is, is more for the spiritual side of people. We want to feed people spiritually. They can go next door and get a meal uh, for nothing, and they don't have to hear the gospel. At the, at the mission, we want them to get fed spiritually. So that's what we do there. And the people say, that's manipulation, but I don't think so. We've got people that come there, and they, they know the deal. They don't have to come to Union Gospel Mission. They know they're going to get a church service before they get a meal, and they're good with that. They want to be fed spiritually. And some of them say, you know what, I'm not even here for the meal. I just came for the church, church service. So <clears throat> now when we think about missions, reaching out, uh, you know, what difference does it make anyway? What, di- what difference does it make to, to you or to me to reach out to people who are hungry, thirsty, lonely, desperate? Uh, what difference does it make? Well, how many know there's going to be a judgment day? Anybody? This is a Mennonite church, right? You guys? There's going to be a judgment day, in case you didn't know. And we're going to stand before the Lord, and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. How many want to be a goat? Nobody wants to be a goat. I don't want to be a goat. I want to be a sheep. Praise the Lord. You guys should have sang that song. I just want to be a sheep. Maybe after. Maybe after. Okay. There's going to be a judgment day. And one of the things that's going to be considered is, have you fed the hungry? Have you given something to drink to the thirsty? Jesus is going to ask those questions. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. How many want to be blessed of my father? And say, Come into my kingdom. I want to hear those words on that day. But there's some conditions for that. And I know the main thing is you accept Christ as your Savior, but there's something about what you do after that matters as well. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry. You gave me meat. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or needing a drink. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? When saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? The king shall answer unto them, Verily I say unto you, as much as you have done it unto the least of these my brethren, you have done it to me. Then shall he say also to them on the left, Depart from me, cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil as angels. I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You took me not in naked, you clothed me not sick and in prison, and you visited me not. 
Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirst, a stranger, naked, sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer unto them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not unto the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous to their life eternal. Now, not everybody I know understand can go down or is called to go down to a street mission and, and feed the hungry. And, uh, and sometimes in, in violent circumstances. We've had, it's a Christian place. Have you ever been in church and have somebody push somebody? Is the pastor here tonight? I don't see him. You probably haven't. Or have somebody pull a knife? That happens in our, in our chapel sometimes, not all the time. But that's the kind of conditions we face as we try to, to spread the gospel to people who are in desperate need. And I guess one of my admonishments tonight is, you know, you don't have to go down to the mission, although I don't know if you have a team that goes down there. There are teams, church teams, that go down to the mission and, and reach out. Maybe you can't do that, but you can always support the mission. How many knew I was going to go there? You can always support the mission. You don't have to go there yourself. Somebody, somebody's got somebody's to pay the bills. If you can't go, maybe you can help support the mission. So that's the obvious, you know, the obvious kind of mission field um, when people think of a mission field. I mean, of course, there's other countries in this and that. But right here in our own city of Winnipeg, where I'm from, there's, there's a real need there downtown. You've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on there. But there's a mission field that people often don't think of. And... Uh, James one twenty seven is an excellent verse of scripture. It says, pure religion. How many of you want your religion to be pure? The insinuation is that it might not be sometimes, but it can be pure. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Orphans. Who's the biggest orphan in our culture when you think about it? Isn't it the unborn child? The unborn child, potentially, can be a serious orphan. Abandoned, potentially, by his mother, his father, an orphan. Abortion. It's a word that we don't like to talk about in church very much, but there's 90,000 abortions a year in Canada. 90,000 babies. We saw these little children here today. 90,000. Abortions in Canada every year. Now, so what? I go to church. That's not my problem. Maybe it's someone else's problem. It's not mine. Well, <clears throat> I was praying about that one time, and I felt the Lord gave me a scripture. Uh, for those of us who think that's well, not my problem, it's someone else's. The Bible says, "Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap." And if we think we can just turn our head and ignore the fact that that's going on, there's 10 abortions a day in Winnipeg. 10 a day. If we think we can just, you know, turn our head and not do Now, there may be people here that are involved doing something about that, or maybe not. But if we think we just ignore it and it not affect us, I think we need to think again. <clears throat> when I read the Old Testament, when God dealt with the, the children of Israel... There's one point where he drew a line in the sand where he said, okay, you've gone far enough. And let's face it, there was wrath and there was judgment that came upon the children of Israel at various times in their history. 
And the dividing mark, the line in the sand, was always when the innocent were being killed, and specifically innocent children. You read it. Ahaz sacrificed his children to the gods. Manasseh did the same thing. And God brought judgment. He rose up other nations to afflict the children of Israel when they let those things happen. Now, I think of Josiah. Josiah was a king who read the book of the law and recognized that the people had fallen way short, and he asked God for forgiveness and mercy, and God said, I'm going to have mercy on you. Now, in thinking about this issue, the orphans, the pure religion is to, is to minister to them. What can we do? Well, people carry signs. You know, they pray outside of abortion clinics. That's good. In fact, I think it was a year and a half ago I spoke at the Pentecostal church here in town. And I know I said, it's one thing to tell a woman not to have an abortion. It's another thing to say, here, come and we'll help you. So you don't think you need to have to do that. And that's what we're, we've got this maternity home. We've got an opportunity for a mom who's in distress, a child who's in distress, to come and receive the help and support that they need so that they can come into this world alive. We're talking about we shall meet on that beautiful shore. You know, all those little children are in heaven. Those children are still alive. Human beings are eternal. And there's no unforgiveness in heaven. The mission field often then shifts to the parents. When a parent has been involved in an abortion, it can just destroy them spiritually. I think it was one of the early church fathers said that. He said, a woman that has an abortion, she not only loses the life of the child, but her own soul she puts in jeopardy. So we're thinking of a mission field. I think of the unborn children in our culture. And I think of doing something about it, at least making an option available for people who say, you know what, that concerns me. I spoke once on this subject in St. Adolph, and a man came up to me afterwards, and he said, you know what, I agree with you. And what I don't like is my tax dollars are supporting the death of innocent children, and I'd like to do something about it. So that's what we're doing with our Hope Now Maternity Home. We're giving an option for people who want to do something to help save little children, little babies, and their mothers, and their fathers. We're going to have... Uh, Robin's going to come up and give a bit of a testimony in just a second. Uh, Marv, let Marv, Marv, Robin and Mervyn stand up. There are house parents at our maternity home. It's about 45 minutes from here. And uh, give them a hand. You know... As we're speaking here tonight, there's, there's a lady, you can sit down, there's a lady with a little baby in her tummy who's on her way to the maternity home, as we're, as we're standing here tonight. A little baby whose life is going to be moved in the direction of safety. Not that I'm saying that it wasn't necessarily, but that's what's going on right now. A little life is going to be given some support because of this maternity home. And so... 
I guess when we're thinking of missions, that's often a mission field that we don't think of. But it's a mission field. And by giving support to the mother, uh, you're giving support to that little baby. I have a little child in heaven. A little child that didn't make it into this world because of abortion. He said, what's he doing up there? You know, that kind of thing in his past. We sang tonight about Jesus taking away our guilt, taking away our shame, and giving us a new identity. That's what Jesus does. Anybody here ever been forgiven of something? I know this is a Mennonite church, but there's got to be a sinner in here somewhere. There's a couple. Like I, the people I brought with me, yeah, they're the ones. Jesus, Jesus forgives and heals and transforms. I got a little child waiting for me over there, waiting for me, and I'm looking forward to that day. Because Jesus has taken away my shame for that situation. I'm not going to get all the details. God knows. I'm going to see that child one day. But I tell you, when a parent has been involved in a situation like that, they're put in jeopardy in terms of their everlasting salvation. The guilt and the shame of that kind of experience is horrible. And only Jesus can set a person free from that. When we were worshiping here tonight, I forget which song you guys were singing. But I just started, oh, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. That was the one. And I started thinking of my daughter. And I didn't plan on talking about this tonight. In fact, this is the last thing I might want to talk about in a church. But I just, I just was thinking of that, and just my heart was kind of just feeling kind of good, thinking about my daughter that I'm going to see one day, that, that part of it. And I felt, in my spirit, I felt my daughter say, tell them about me. Tell them about me tonight. That was not my intention when I came out here was to tell you about my aborted child. But when I heard that song, it just touched me, and I thought, you know what? That's what this home is for. And that's what we're talking about transformation. A person who's been involved in abortion, that's 37-some-odd years ago, now the Lord has me as, through his hand and to his glory, a director of a maternity home. That's Jesus. You guys believe in Jesus here, right? Right, okay. Do you believe in his transforming power? Yeah. Maybe you haven't gone down far as far down the scale as I did. But you maybe have some things in your life that nobody knows. And nobody's going to know as far as you're concerned. But God knows. Not only does God know, he can transform it and use it for his glory. Because there's nothing, there's nothing beyond the redemption of Jesus. There, now I gave my testimony, which I hadn't planned on doing. We're going to get Robin come up and, and share uh, some of her testimony. So I can run out the door. Let's give her a hand, would you? Hi. I'm, I'm Robin, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a glimpse of my testimony, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about Hope Home. Um, when I was 15 years old, I was standing at a bus stop, and a van pulled up, and two guys came out of the, jumped out of the van, And they pulled me in the van where there was five other guys waiting. They took me out of town and they raped me. And three months later, I found out I was pregnant. When I told my parents I was pregnant, they wanted me to have an abortion. I thought about it and and I came back to my parents and I refused to have an abortion. When I refused to have an abortion, they kicked me out of the house. I was 15 years old. They kicked me out. I was living in a cardboard box in downtown Calgary. And a lady came by, and she seen me, and she, said, she noticed I was pregnant. And she said, are you pregnant? And I said, yeah. And she took me to a place called Birthright. 
and birthright. They got me into an emergency little foster home where they kept me for a few days, and then they put me into an unwed mother's home. When I was in the unwed mother's home, I got my first job. They taught me how to cook. They taught me how to clean. They taught me how to organize. They helped me get my first apartment. And I had my son. Forty years later, my son is now looking after my parents. But everything that I learned after looking after my mom, I should say, but everything that I learned in that maternity home, I still carry with me to this day, the tools that they taught me. I was, I am so blessed that I had that opportunity. I don't know what would have happened and what street or what avenues I would have went down if I wouldn't have had that opportunity to go to a maternity home. I could have ended up in prostitution. I could have ended up, I don't know, drug addictions, whatever. I don't know. But I know that somebody, I know God was up there and he was looking down on me and I got into that maternity home, and I have a beautiful 40-year-old son right now who is looking after the mom who wanted him aborted. So God works such a beautiful way, and now it has come full circle that my husband and I have, are being so blessed that we, I get to do this now. I get to pass this on, and I get to be able to look after girls that were in my shoes when I was 15. And I, this is just an awesome, awesome opportunity for these girls, because I don't know what I would have done if I wouldn't have had that opportunity. And there's so many girls out there that are in the shoes that I was in, and they need this opportunity. They need a home. They need, they need mentoring, and they want, what we teach at the home is we teach them, it, there's a program called Home with the Heart, and we teach them how to organize their household. We teach them finances and paperwork, how to, how to look through the, 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 the catalog, not the catalog, the flyers, and, and see the sales, and how to budget, and how to buy their groceries, how to cook, how to clean, how, how to take care of themselves. These women, a lot of these people have come from abusive situations and, and they don't know how to look after themselves. They don't have any self-esteem. So we're going to be teaching them that. We're going to teach them hobbies. Or if they have a hobby, we're going to encourage them to get out and try to be entrepreneurial, try to make some money, take them to craft sales and stuff like that to help them. Um, we'll be teaching them parenting skills and we'll teach them how to search for jobs and, and how to do... And if they want to go back to school, they can go back to school, and we're going to encourage that because we want them to, to get ahead in life. We're also going to be teaching them, we're going to be teaching a program on Teen Challenge, and we're going to be also teaching a program called Moral Revolution, which is going to teach them on sexuality the way God created it, not the way this world created it, the way God created it. Clean, pure, and beautiful. You know, and there's also going to be an overcomers program, and there are going to be education, uh, educational and counseling referrals of people who want, want to counsel, you know, if they want counseling and need counseling to get through things. We just want these girls, we want to set them up. There's going to be morning devotionals, evening devotionals. We're going to be taking the church. We're going to, we're going to be doing Bible studies. We're going to be, we're going to be showing them and teaching them who their identity is in Jesus Christ. This is what they need to know because every time you go to a a checkout stand at a store or anything what do you see it's it's trying to the world is trying to push this identity into them and it's nothing but you know you have to be this way and you have to be this way no we got to be the way Jesus made us and Jesus made us unique and special and we were chosen before the foundations of the earth and we are blessed and we're pure and we are holy we are just oh god is so good and god can just set them free and and forgive them and just make them totally totally clean and that's 
uh, about what our program is all about. I can go on, believe me, <laughs> because I just I believe in this. Because these girls, they you know they need hope, and if you take somebody's hope away, then they they don't want to live anymore. But they we got to give these girls hope, and there is hope. And on top of that, like we we need volunteers. We can't, you know, my husband and I can't do this all on our own. We need, like, weekend parents. We, we, we could, we're looking for drivers. We'd, if you have a hobby or anything that you would like to come and teach, come on down. We would love that. It takes a community. We want this to be a community. It's not an us and them. We want to show them that it's not just this church or that church or this church or that church. No, we all make the body of Christ. We're all a piece of that puzzle. And we want these girls to know that. They've had enough discrimination and enough rejection in their life. We want to teach them what it's like to be included. We want to teach them what it's like to be part of a family. That's why my husband and I, we are their family. We're going to take them in. They're not clients. They're not, what they are is they're our daughters. When we, that girl comes into our home tonight, she's our daughter. We're going to love her like our daughter. And we just want to thank Jesus that he's given us this, this opportunity to be able to do this and to be able to be loyal and faithful servants for him. Um, we need... If you can tutor, we would love tutors. If we need help with yard and maintenance, um, we have, we'd like to give the girls welcome packets. If you would like to be a volunteer to make welcome packages um, and sorting and cleaning. We have a blessing room where we have people that have donated clothes, baby clothes and stuff, and we need clothes for the girls because these girls, they're coming in with clothes that are not modest. We want to teach these girls how to be Proverbs women and we just want to encourage them. So we just, you know, if you could donate clothes or if you want to come help sort them and, and arrange them, we would really appreciate that. If you want to um, if you want to come and teach them organ- exercising or if you have some Something that you feel that you could offer, just come on down. We would really, we really would appreciate it. Um, food. We also need food donations. We really would appreciate. We need all kinds of food donations, and we need like deodorant and laundry soap and fabric softener and bedding, toilet paper, and paper towels. These are really and sheets. You know, all the girls need sheets and they need bedding because we want to send this. We need gas to get them to to and from doctors' appointments. Um, we also need some home renovations done. If you would like to sponsor a girl's bedroom, we need windows, and we need some basement renovations, and we need some flooring. If you, we have a pamphlet, and if you would like, we can give you a pamphlet. You can donate online. You can, give, you can just give what your, the Lord asks you to do. We just ask you to just listen to the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We just thank you, and I just thank you for this opportunity that I'm able to, to share this with you. This is such a good, good, this is good soil to sow into. This is really good soil. And I'm living proof, because I'm telling you, if I wouldn't have got, somebody wouldn't have reached out to me 40 years ago. I don't know what, what I don't know where I'd be right now. So I just want to thank Lord Jesus, and I want to thank you for this opportunity.